With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you may be listening. This, once again, is Ed McGrogan here for the Tennis in 10 podcast, our daily recap of the U.S. Open here on Tennis.com. And on Tuesday, quarterfinal action begins uh, with a whimper, I have to say. Um, Four matches all end in straight sets, and uh, that doesn't count the retirement that ended today's action Novak Djokovic beating Joe Alfred Sanga 6-2-6-3 and then a retirement. Sanga goes down with a right knee injury to uh, after the second set. Really did not look very good at all. Actually received quite a bit of treatment. Um, but even when that match was going on, I have to say just um, a, a bit of a shocker on my end from Sanga given what I had seen against Sock in um, in Lewis Armstrong Stadium a few days earlier. But the encouraging thing I take out of this match is what I did see from Novak Djokovic. And as I wrote about in um, about this match for the website, even, even though we did not get a full match out of Djokovic, and even though he has only now completed two matches in full on the court in reaching the semifinals of a Grand Slam tournament, I believe we are now seeing Djokovic work his way pretty much into full form where he needs to be against, let's say, a likely final against Andy Murray, Juan Martin Del Potro. I would bank on Murray, um, given what we've seen from him too. Um, and I think that it's it's taken Djokovic a little while to really get past, you know, not only not only a tough start of the Open, but the Rio Olympics, and his first run loss there to Del Potro. Um, but tonight against Sanga, when Sanga was still moving um, pretty well and making Djokovic come up with quite a bit of his defensive um, and counterpunching transitional wizardry, he did just that. He executed all the shots that you expect, even though they're so still unexpected when you see them. Um, you know, the running gets from behind the baseline, turning the point on a dime and, and making something really out of nothing. That is Djokovic's specialty. And lately in his career of getting to 12 grand slams, you know, it's been a lot more than that. It's been about his serve, quite frankly. It's been about basic shot making that is steady and powerful, you know, his two-handed backhand from the baseline, the best in the game. That is what we saw against Joel Fritzsonga tonight, that even though the match ended earlier than expected, even though we didn't get full form out of Sanga, 
I think we are seeing Djokovic where we expected him to be um, as the world number one, as the top seed in this tournament. And as we've seen Andy Murray on the other side of draw, seeing the form that he is in and seeing Djokovic now answering it on the other end, if the two do collide in the final, I think it's going to be a fantastic one. Even though we've seen um, matches from them earlier this year that have not lived up to the hype, um, I'm ready to see this kind of Djokovic against what I would say is a peak Andy Murray in his entire career at this point. And saying that, um, you know, I will have to uh, acknowledge that I think Novak Djokovic will defeat Gael Monfils in their upcoming semifinal. Monfils defeats Luca Puy, whose name I completely butchered in the last podcast. I apologize for that. Uh, Monfils wins 4-3-3. Three, and three. Puy really, um, you know, seemed a bit hobbled given the three five-set matches that we saw from him before. Um, Monfils, you know, was able to, given what Puy was, was really not giving him that he gave to Rafa, he was not... Um, if he was attacking, he was certainly not connecting with those attacks. And that's the difference in, you know, a player who can upend Rafael Nadal and a player who can go down to Monfils pretty meekly um, just two days later. Monfils, um, you know, was given plenty of time to do whatever he pleased with the points. And what he did was really take the drama out of those points. It was... You know, as Steve Tainer put on, <clears throat> excuse me, as he as he said on on uh, tennis.com after the match. You know, this has been um, certainly a business like approach from Monfils, uh, making his way into the final four, first time since the French Open in '08, and the first time he's ever been past the quarterfinals here at Flushing Meadows. Um, Monfils always also has that serve that can. You know, if we're thinking ahead to kind of that Djokovic-Monfils match, you know, that's where Monfils really, I think, would have to would have to be lights out and would have to make most of his inroads is on serve. And he's capable of some pretty giant serves, lest we forget. We, you know, we just think about the sliding, the baseline prowess, um, you know, the unbelievable shot making. But Monfils has a hell of a serve, too. And that's what is going to need to be really firing Um if we're able to to see any sort of, I think, resistance against this kind of Djokovic. Now, that's not to say that I think Monfils will, will succumb in straight sets like Sanga did, um, less than straight sets, really. I do give Monfils a set in, in this match. I don't give him more in the set, um, but I think he's playing you know certainly well enough and confident enough and realizes this opportunity has presented itself here, this slam, um, He's had a pretty easy draw himself, quite honestly, into the Final Four. And I think, you know, given that, I, I do think, you know, Djokovic can, uh, you know, he can expect to see one of Monfils' the better, best efforts probably he's ever seen from him in their play, their head-to-head career. But with all that said, um, I have liked what I've seen from Djokovic now, and I, I'm, I'm ready to kind of put him back in that place um, where we've we've known him for such a long period of time now. Um, to the women's matches of today, you know, 
again, this is not a date for to be an ash ticket holder and to spend whatever amount of money that you may or may not have spent to sit to sit there. Um, first day's match: Kerber against Vinci. Seven five six love. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, night match: First on Wozniacki Sevastova. Six zero six two. So you have two bagel sets, and you know when is the last time you've seen Wozniacki deliver a bagel set too? She's you know, certainly not someone who's not going to win service games routinely. Um, but Sevastova, you know, again, again, injury uh, impacted on, on that, you know, on that match. And I think that's obviously a huge part of what we saw uh, on this day. And as for Wozniacki, you know, really, again, sort of like Monfils in some ways, is is really just I, I think experiencing a bit of a renaissance here in Flushing Meadows and um is really you know a dangerous player for Kerber who you know Kerber and her I think match up very evenly from the baseline especially if Wozniacki is uh is really feeling it as she seems to be um it's it's a match where Kerber is going to have more of that firepower that natural power Certainly, it's an all-baseline affair. You're not going to see too many net-rushing forays. Um, it's it's not a game that will be dictated on serve. It's going to be, a, you know, an attrition, a war of attrition. A uh, And these two, I think you're going to see an exciting match because of that, because you're almost getting a, you're, you're almost getting the best, you're almost seeing mirror images of each other. And sometimes those don't materialize into really compelling matches. But I think with what's at stake for Kerber, um, getting, you know, with possibly getting to world number one, and what's at stake for Wozniacki, given that we've heard whispers of her perhaps retiring after next year, and realizing that this, you know, may be, again, her best chance at a slam to finally win that one that's eluded her for so long. Um, As poor as, you know, these two quarterfinals were today, the semifinal between Kerber and Wozniacki. I'm greatly looking forward to it. Um, so I think that's what we'll get out of today. We'll be back tomorrow again, uh, as always, with Tennis in 10 podcast. Thank you for listening. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 